Well everyone, sadly I have gone two long months without bush. And you can do the same thing thanks to our friends at manscaped.com. March is here, which officially marks the beginning of what our friends over at Manscaped like to call fresh ball fall. But here in Australia, we say don't neglect your balls this autumn, it's time to sort them. Oh yes, the leaders in below the waist grooming are here to make sure your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Make sure to trim your bush with the best and let Mother Nature do the rest. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the code TRUEFOOTY20. Remember lads, when you trim the weeds, the tree always stands taller. Manscaped has the full package you need to level up your game this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to get your boys looking and smelling fresh as can be. To kick off your routine, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get the most precise shave on those hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. What the f*** does that mean? It's also equipped with an LED light, so you know that'll be a major asset in your new shower routine. Thought we'd been through this. I have AstroTurf. You don't need to water that. Gross. Clear your holes and smell the new season with the Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer with proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, drags and snags in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturiser. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg in this autumn heat. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Yes, just the other day, I was actually shaving Bush's chest and I couldn't believe how quickly the hair was hitting the shower floor. That was quite incredible. Yeah, and then I did quite well in the swim meet afterwards. What? <laughs> <laughs> just like, seems like something you'd do for a swim meet. Shave, shave each other's chest, I don't know. <laughs> I thought my thing was weird and you just took it to another level. <laughs> and for the full fresh to death experience, make sure to pick up Manscaped's ultra premium collection. Including five total wet good products, you'll be handled from the shower to shave and everything in between. That's right guys, so you can go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping all of these wonderful premium products by using the code TRUEFOOTY20. That's 20% off and free shipping by using the code TRUEFOOTY20. Manscaped, clear out the leaves, it's your junk's time to shine. Alright, welcome back everyone to True Footy Podcast 96. As the countdown to 100 continues, I'm joined by the illustrious Daniel H. Busher. How are you, mate? Yeah, chugging along, buddy. Other than did a little number on my hand the other day. Mm. Yes. Uh, so tell tell the audience what you did to your hand. Well, I was, went on a bit of a solo camping mission, giving my car a bit of a shakedown. I was cooking myself a steak. The oil spat up, nailed me in the hand. Oh, God. A couple of big, beautiful blisters and a trip to Fiona Stanley emergency later. I'm all patched up. Yeah, right. Oh, and man. the burns on your genitals, how do you explain them? Ah, uh, that was an entirely different incident involving a different type of burn than this sort a of burn. A different kind of meat. A different type well. of meat. Yeah, <laughs> straight back into the immature humour. Hope everyone's <laughs> been well. Uh, this is our first podcast together since, uh, well, the draft reaction. Yep. So we have seen each other. We did uh, a little boys trip down to down south, Busso area. Yep. Uh, but this is the first crack at content since December. Oh, yeah. Say. And I'm feeling a little rusty, I must admit, even though I, I've... I have since blown the surprise, but I've sort of been working on a little video that I was going to show you. I've edited mm. the first couple of minutes. So I Tasteful can see that nudes. Absolutely. It's, I just want your opinion before I put it on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know where to go with but that. Anyway, all your fantasies will be fulfilled is all I'll say. Ah, is that a segue into the AFL fantasy segment of this podcast? Sort of. I guess we can use it as a segue, but nah, screw it. Let's that is the fantasy I was talking about. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, I agree with you, mate. It's been, I feel very rusty myself. Uh, I've been making videos since I think Jan 30th was the first video I put up this year. But I feel like I'm playing catch up. I feel like everything. It's like I said this in a previous podcast, but it's like when I complete an exam, I forget all of the content. Oh yeah. And then two months, I haven't really thought about football like since the draft, and then uh, then getting back into content, I'm relearning who the good players are. It feels like, uh, which is crazy because I've dedicated half my life to talking about football. Yeah, it's, and it's crazy. Amazing how much I forget. But like even me, I learned during the exam as well. So I'll mm. learn during the exam and then forget it immediately after. By so the way, the question the question's phrased. Oh yeah. Okay. I love exam questions like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, mate. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about our um, you know, season predictions, a bit of a season preview podcast. This is usually our most popular yep. podcast. So um, if anyone shoots us in the foot. <laughs> yeah. That is the downside a little bit when you uh, have a podcast or a video that performs well, reaches new audience. New audience tends to think you're a bit of a fuckwit at first. So that's, how, that's the battle we have today. But hopefully we don't lose too many fans in our predictions. Or at least gain more than we lose, a net positive. Yeah, yeah true. Net positive is what we aim for here. I'll take a net positive at this rate. Cool, mate. So, uh, yeah, season preview. We've just had the preseason games end. Um, I actually recorded my own ladder prediction, which will probably be up by the time this podcast comes out, before the second round of preseason games. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, because there's a couple of teams that surprised me and made me really question my f- like original predictions. But I'm also thinking, it's preseason. I shouldn't get caught in that trap. Yeah, it's always that ladder one for you. Sort of catch something, sees your eye. You sort of think, oh, I've observed this specific attribute or whatever. Mm. But they're mucking around. They're trying different things. It's sort of hard to value it too much until you... If you see it sort of continue the patterns you see in actual games, then you can sort of extrapolate it a bit more. But Mm. it's one of those things they're just tweaking and playing around in the pre-season. And Absolutely. then round one, they look entirely different. You can sort of discount it a bit more. You can learn a fair bit just from round one. Uh, preseason, though, it is different for a number of reasons. Like I, I was reading an article recently about someone talking about the different training loads and cycles that um, teams will have in terms of their preseason approach. And some tend to favour being ready for round one and being ready to go. And and then others, other the other school of thought is that if you're too like ready to go by round one, then you're bound to have a plateau like later yeah. in the season which is less than ideal so other teams ramp up their training loads in pre-season and then perform horribly and then by round yeah. one um they they, they do better out. and i've seen a number of teams over the years i feel like port adelaide did this one year where they looked horrible in the pre-season and then smashed someone in round one i can't remember the exact circumstance so i'm trying to be cognizant of that and try and be clear with my predictions and yeah. just try and go on logic as much as possible, which is also a bad idea, but that's all we got. Yeah, I've sort of just tried to keep a pretty macro when I looked at teams, sort of just how I perceive them rather than much external stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, breaking down the 22s, uh, ins and outs, um, all these other factors. Yeah, we'll get into it. Um, impressions from the preseason, uh, Busher, you, you did you catch much of the preseason games? I caught a few of the games. I've got to say, Adelaide sort of, I knew they sort of had it in them to sort of have that improvement this year, but they're sort of. Even though, like we've sort of alluded to and dismissed the fact it's pre-season, they've sort of shown that tangible sort mm. of building block that they're going to improve this year. I agree. Uh, and we say that as supporters of teams that both lost to Adelaide this pre-season, <laughs> yeah. so that's why it's top of mind for us. Uh, Adelaide looked very, very good against West Coast. Uh, uh, I didn't catch the Adelaide-Fremantle game because I was at the West Coast-Port game, yeah. which was at the same time. 
but they look very round one ready. I think that's a very fair conclusion. And they do have Definitely. Burgess there. Now, yep. the strength and conditioning, or head, head of fitness, whatever yep. his yeah, actual title is. Um, I think he was at Melbourne. Was he the one who previously worked at, like, Arsenal or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he's world-renowned. He was the one on the recruit, the TV show, Burgess. Yep. Yeah, he's very renowned in the fitness and health space. Yeah, and he, he obviously that's legitimised again by the fact that he went to Melbourne and um, I'm sure was a contributing factor. They've got a lot of talent, but... They were also a very fit team, and and now we I think we're starting to see the shoots of an Adelaide side that uh, it's hard to say fit because it's it's preseason, but they look they look strong and fast, and I don't know, it's got me wary about them. And, that, and the right. reason I say wary is because I think I've underrated them in my prediction. So that's the team right. I'm referring to when I say I watch them. I'm like, oh, no. I probably should have put them higher because they're <laughs> a team that's kind of I've said this before, but they they seem to perform more than you would expect for the talent you look at their 22 mm. and some players that weren't high draft picks that have come on and, and, and been very good um, they're an interesting one to watch I can only conclude they're also well coached because they they look very very good against us um, so Adelaide looking fit and firing was one takeaway from the okay. preseason little comparison that just came to my mind then was because Matthew Nix he sort of had a couple of years there as a coach now he's probably added one or two things each preseason and now mm. That's sort of compounding into what you're going to hopefully see this year from them. Yeah. A bit similar to what happened with Freo and Justin Lomier. The first couple of years, he sort of tweaked a few things. And then by the time we had that third year where we became relevant again, mm. it was sort of because everything started clicking and the picture came together. And yeah. Adelaide's in a similar position, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think they still have some drafting to do, but if you've got a, if you've got a coach who's getting the best out of the players that he's got, that's a really, really good, good sign. Did you also feel... Interest, well, intrigued by GWS's form. We were talking a little bit about this before we hit record, but um, you were saying that GWS this year, we will get into it, have a pretty wide range in where you think they yeah. can finish. I think they could be... There's 10 different spots on the ladder. I could say them fishing anywhere from 5th to 15th sort of thing, basically. Like, mm. either just tickling outside the top four or just tickling, tickling. inside the bottom four. It's a <laughs> bit, of a, image. bit of a pendulum. Yeah, yes, yeah, just tickling. But I think they're just that volatile team, but they've still got a lot of top-end talent that can propel them to heights. They do. So they're, they're a team that I, uh, you know, when they lost Taranto and Hopper and when you factor in, they're already a bad team. I was tempted to just say wooden spoon, but then when I had a bit of a reset over the, the off-season and looked at their best 22, I still think it's very, very strong compared to some of the other bottom four contenders. Definitely. And I still am reluctant to back them in uh, for obvious reasons because they've been inconsistent, but there's a lot of mature, like, vet, well, almost veteran age, even just guys in their prime still yeah. uh, compared to those other bottom teams. So in terms of list profile, they're not that far off finals quality it's just that they've performed so poorly over the last couple of years that i've lost confidence but we saw them once this preseason and they smashed gold coast Um, again how much can you take out of that Uh, i don't know but i suppose it's a good sign that they were able to put away a team even if it was an average one so in saying that that 515 i ultimately sort of had them about 14 so Mm. that's certainly probably more where i have them than making the finals but if everything goes right for them they're definitely a team that can make finals and have a good regular season record mm, absolutely a couple of other takeaways for me bush um i think will ashcroft is as good as they say <laughs> um whether he's better than dacos who knows but when you come in and, and ton up in terms of fantasy points in your first game and have a shot on goal 26 possessions all over the field half forward i think this guy's a lock for the rising star to be honest it, it's just going to be interesting to see how once the actual games start happening, how much opportunity gets like centre bounce attendances, that sort of stuff. Because they've still got guys like Neil. 
Dunkley, Jared Lyons, even though he's sort of gonna, probably going to be the sacrificial lamb for Ashcroft, possibly. Yeah, he may be. A, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think he shows some good form on a half forward flank and a wing. So I think he's a little bit versatile in that sense, which helps him. Uh, I guess it really, he's almost a victim of the fact that Brisbane are going to be in the thick of it this year. Yep. And if they were a middling side, they say, okay, we'll balance what we're trying to do in the short term with giving games to Ash, or giving you know as much exposure to Ashcroft as possible. But you know, if Brisbane are potentially deep in finals this year, then and maybe Ashcroft doesn't get thrown in the deep end yeah. too much, which would be an interesting thing. But I still think, yeah, yeah absolute gun. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other one, Bush, that I thought is, uh, and this one is close to your heart, is uh, Nat Fife's form as a forward. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of him having watched I've both games? I've been quite impressed. Even like in the intro clubs and the build-up to the two preseason games, he's consistently been kicking two, three goals a game. Mm. So I think it's really something that's going to add a consistent baseline to our forward line, which we've desperately been crying for for a few years. And then that makes things easier for the rest of the guys, like your Tabs, your Tracys, your Resting Ruck, your Amis, mm. and the Smalls. Do you think it would it helped him to to have the realization of okay, my time as a midfielder is done. I'm a full time forward now, and mentally that's clicked something with him, and he's worked on his craft because yeah. he, he, the goals he kicked against Port, I think, were all from general play, yeah. which is well, which is good, not just a simple mark and, and set yeah. shot. So there's some forward craft there. But um, in saying that, I would love to see some set shot form as well, just to mm. sort of get that confidence, because that has historically been an issue for him. Even though it looks like he has put in the work in the preseason, yeah, especially going the full time, not thinking half and half, mm. which is probably what he was thinking last season. He's going to get that half and half in the midfield, and once he gets that half in the midfield, he can push his way in. But now he's sort of probably realised forwards the way I'm sticking around. It'll probably prolong his career, you yeah. hope, because he's an injury prone player, and he turns. 31 no 32 this year uh so he's in the twilight of his career and you know if he he can find some form as a forward without that necessity to crash and bash through clearances uh you'd imagine he's got a few years left in him as well yeah. so you do need to replace 36 goals from lob yeah and uh five could potentially do that i was it's not such a i was thinking put a cheeky tanner on him for the common because he was paying 150 to one on okay, he's taking it way too far cheeky tanner mate that's <laughs> a coleman yeah could happen Three goals a game puts you close to that mark. Yeah, I might just chuck a cheeky tenner on Alex Witherden. Um, <laughs> For what, bloody defender <laughs> of the year? <laughs> oh, is he playing forward this year nah, with the wings? taking the piss. Was, the joke sucked, sorry. Uh, yeah, cool. Any other takeaways? Nothing too much, really, from mm. the preseason. I sort of it's probably to, wise, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. What about from a fantasy perspective? You are a fantasy buff. Well, I've sort of had this position even prior to the preseason games. You need to spend, like, in classic mode, you've got to spend the money on some good forwards because the forwards fall off a cliff after that sort of top handful of guys. Mm, yeah. So you probably want to own two of Dunkley, Taranto, Connor Rosie sort of thing, I'd, yep, I'd I think, sort of say. Maybe even all three if you can sort of swing your budget the way you like the rest of your team mm, to get all three of them in your team. I've got all three. I do think I have Rosie as a forward... Uh, sorry, as a mid, though, so maybe mm. I'll switch that up. But, but there's a couple of young... Forwards prospects because I, I like to have a few cash yeah, you on my have team few, as well. Yeah, like Philip and Sheezel. Sheezel, exactly. And, I've got uh, those two. One other that's escaped me right now. I, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, there's um, one I didn't mind in mine either. Yeah. Oh, Bailey Humphrey, I think, from Gold Coast. Oh, yeah, I've heard, he, yeah. He'll play round one, most likely. Yeah, um, I might have to get him on my bench because mm. I got Josh Sin fighting around. He's sort of borderline whether he'll get a game. Yeah. Wait, but, that's my draft team. Sorry. Pull up me classic. So, yeah, Taranto and Dunkley, you've got? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that is this oh in my classic, I've got Taranto and Rosie and oh, yeah. Errol Golden as well. Yeah, yeah. Errol Golden's another one you could probably put in that I've group. I think I've got him now. I think I changed it after his... Yeah, like, I did as well. Because I left myself points. a whole bunch of cash to play with before I settled on my team, but mm. I did put a chunk of that into a Golden, I think. It, I'm a little bit wary with Golden because that sort of pre-season performance, like the games don't have the same intensity yeah, yeah. And, and you find some massive fantasy scores every year in mm. the preseason so I'm a little bit wary but I did this before the big game to be fair I sort of oh, think he's enough. still sort of a at 735k he's got a bit of value mm. to get a bit more cash in him even if I flip him for a more consistent f- scoring option later mm. I still think there's potential to get a bit of, a, bit of cash out of him I'll pay that that's, that's cool yeah. I like it um, any must-haves from you? For fantasy? Yeah. You talked about some forwards. Anyone that maybe like a mid-price or anything? Anything juicy? Me, I've got your Sheasel, your Philippo. They're just mm. your good baselines to gamble on. Mm. Archie Perkins is one I had in my team. I got rid of him. I think he, I used a bit of extra cash to upgrade him to Golden. But Archie Perkins is one who's probably a good shout for his 500k mid-price sort of guy. Mm. That's going to get more opportunity. Sounds like he's doing some centre-bounce attendances and stuff for Essendon. Yeah. Will Ashcroft, as we've alluded to. I think another one, one of your boys, Ruben Jimby, I think, as a defender especially, mm, yeah. he's a great shout. Because if you can get a defender that averages over like a 75, 80, you're looking pretty good. Yeah, He that's has true. that potential. Got him as well. Alec Yo is a defender. He's very cheap and going to be a main midfielder for the Eagles. You can comment on that more than yeah. me. But 591k is a bargain, even if he plays as a defender and... Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think he, he's a good value pickup, that one. Yeah. It's underpriced for sure. I think the Eagles, for the first time in a while, are actually fantasy relevant. Yeah. They've been irrelevant I've, for a while. I've got way more Eagles than Dockers in my team this year, I yeah. must say. Because a lot of them have dropped off price because they yeah. dropped you know, dropped off so hard. Yeah. Uh, Yo, 625K. Yep. Sorry, I said 591. Yeah. That was actually Sheed, who's another, I think... That's not a bad share. 591K. Yeah. And I think with Sheed, he's got some job security as well. Yeah. He's not going to get dropped. And uh, he's not going to... He's not going to be consistent every single game. He will have his off games, but even when he's not playing well, he racks it up. So uh, I think he's he's one I've picked as well. Huh. James Warple's one I'll shout out to. Yep, I've got him in my team. 463k. Yeah. I think uh, I think he had 30 touches uh, for 85 points. Yeah, uh, yesterday or whatever. But he's getting Thursday. pushed up that packing order. Absolutely, I've got him and John Newcomb both in my Good classic move. team actually. Yeah, and Chaddy Warner's another one I think. It's got a bit of growth in him. Yeah. He can go from an 85 to a 100 plus sort of mid, possibly. Mm. Warner's currently 785. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Jack McRae even's another one I sort of liked. He's expensive, 916K, but it's cheaper than his last year's average if you look at the value. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. How does that work? I thought it would be based on last year's average. Yeah, but they've sort of, for some reason, they've depreciated him a bit Mm. rather than appreciated him because the loss of Dunkley, he's going to be someone who's at least going to score the same, if not more. Fair point, Even though a lot of people sort of think Bont and Smith are going to be the beneficiaries. Yeah, interesting. I I still think McRae will benefit a bit. With Bont, they've got like Lobb coming in, they've got Norton, they've got Jamara, they've got Sam Darcy. So Bont playing forward, we may see less of that. I'm not too sure, but... He won't need to play there out of necessity as much. Yeah. And Will Phillips is another not bad little shout from North Melbourne. As yeah. A cheapie, if it get some games, it can get some cash out of him. Yeah. Decent, decent cash cow option yeah. there. Cool. That's enough fantasy. Uh, just to talk you through some of the, the main guys that yep. we're looking at. Uh, let's talk more about this season, Bush. Before we will get into our full 18. Yep. But I want to talk to you about teams that you think will rise and teams that you think will fall this year. So let's start with the teams that you think are going to rise, or at least have the potential to. Rise, it's sort of... I don't know if it's a rise necessarily, but Richmond, I guess. Well, they were seventh last year. So yeah. how? At where have you got them? I've only got them going up one spot, funnily enough, but they've... 
on that range of possibilities, I had them going even as high as fourth. Yeah. Possibly even tick three, but... I think when the, the way they strengthened their midfield with Taranto and Hopper, I think even if their ladder position in your prediction isn't that much higher, there's a huge boost in their legitimacy yeah, yeah, exactly. and their ability to go that's deep. That's sort of more what I was alluding to exactly. Yep. You've worded that well. Yeah, that's what I was yep. thinking. Very eloquent. Thank you. Yes, yes I did study law. <laughs> you should really try it. Yeah, it's a bit of a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, another one, yep. possibly up, we've alluded to them a bit before, is Adelaide as well. There's sort of another one that could... Yeah. Maybe tickle that bottom half of the eight if everything goes right. I'm really not. Well, com- probably not. Probably not. No, I'm just not a fan of this tickling phrase that you keep using. But sort of like. No, I got play. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a gross image. It's the term of the day. I just picture something mildly sexual. <laughs> yeah. Continue. <laughs> but yeah, Adelaide, they sort of had that couple of years sort of bit down, sort of rebuilt a bit. They sort of got the potential to push for the eight. Realistically, they probably won't, but... They're the team I feel like might make me look stupid, but... Yeah, and another one, the Hawks, I think, could have a bit of improvement this really? year. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Talk us through why is that? Because they sort of sort of cleared out some of those Mitchell Amira, even though those are good players, they've sort of... Their strongest performance continued. Yeah, they've kind of cleared their identity and sort of embraced it. Mm. And they've got a few guys who've shown the potential to sort of give them some good production in those areas and then some young growth. Sam Mitchell, sort of another year of tweaking and being a good coach. Mm. I think they could surprise a few teams. Yeah. Young growth. Isn't that your username on some internet forums? <laughs> um, I have them in my teams to fall, but I'll talk about it in a, in mm. a minute because I'll talk about my teams at the rise. Yep. I think Carlton could elevate themselves into being a big contender. Yeah. And if yeah. it doesn't happen this year, I think it will happen soon. But I think if you just look at the, the recipe for a very, very good team, even a champion team, their spine and their mids yeah. and their, their youth in particular, I feel like it's reminiscent of Melbourne before they were actually good. Yeah. So I, I understand they're a little bit underdone this preseason. Uh, there's a few injuries. That may work against them. If they yeah. drop some early games, then they might not be completely legitimate for top four. But when you have a forward line of Mackay and Kerno. The two yeah. of the best, arguably, well, I'd say it's the best duo. Um, there's Cameron yeah. and Hawkins as well, but Mackay and Kerno won the last two Coleman. So yeah. I think they, there's that. And then you got Walsh and Cripps and then probably consolidate that midfield, um, you know, with Hewitt and um, Chera and Akers now, yeah. who I think will be a decent fifth mid. Um, I feel like Mitch McGovern's going to have a good year. Mm. He started the year well last year pre-injury as a intercept defender. Yeah. And I just got a feeling it's going to click for him and they're going to be... Very entertaining yeah. to watch. So. I sort of, that range, I had them anywhere between 2nd and 10th is sort of mm. the range I had them. In my final ladder, I had them 8th, but... Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm sort of, based on that range, I had them a lot more likely to make finals and not basically sort of where I have them. Yeah. I think they're a good team if everything clicks. They could be that team that's right there at the end, but mm-hmm. they might be a year away from clicking to that level. Yeah, they might be. They might yeah. be. I just but feel like they'll it's click coming. enough to make finals this year. I it might be twenty twenty four. They win the flag, but it could happen. Mm. They might just go deep this year. I reckon. Yeah. It'd just be that surprise team. Another team that if you have to ignore preseason form because they lost both games, but I feel like this side has too much quality to not be top eight, top six, and that's Port Adelaide. Mm. I just think with the established talent they have on their list that midfield and then not only the, the established players but the players that are about to become established or that you feel like are on the precipice of making it and we say it a lot Butters, Rosie, yeah. Dersma and now Jason Horn francis yeah. there's so much talent and if that 
younger group clicks while the older group is still contributing, like Boke and Wines. And it's, yeah, I, I remember when Wines was drafted. Yeah. It's weird to say that he's old. I <laughs> think he's younger than me. But you know what I mean? The, the established yeah. talent. If those guys start really finding their potential, we got a recipe for an amazing team here. Yeah. I didn't see any signs of it in the preseason, but I think they're just strong all around the ground. Aaliyah down back. Uh, Dixon, I know he's getting on, uh, but he's still going to be a reliable target up forward, I feel. Georgiatis as well. And now the small forward dynamic in um, Rioli and uh, Orazio only played one game last year. Horn Francis will probably be that high half forward at times as well, you'd imagine. I think they'll play finals. I, very, I, feel, very conf- I feel very confident they should. I've given them a very big range. Yep. Anywhere from 4th to 15th. I cannot imagine them finishing 15th. Just cannot imagine it. I think last year was as bad as this group will be. Weirdly enough, I had them 12th. That is weird. Uh, well, just my opinion, but <laughs> who knows? My opinion's a yeah, shit. I'm sort of, I just sort of think other teams can improve more than they can, even though the ends of Horn Francis and stuff. Mm. I sort of, yeah. If Port Adelaide finishes low as 12th, then it's a failure of, uh, I guess, the coach and the broader... It's a can if they finish 12th. I think it's a failure to get the best out of the potential this, this group has, yeah. to be honest. Um, so that's my opinion, and he would go. I yeah. think it's a contract year for him as well. They, they should rise. Mm. They should. They should. Which means nothing. Uh, team set to fall. Fall. Ooh. Essendon's one I'm sort of don't have too much faith in, even though they've got a new coach and he might. They were already bottom four, though. Where yeah. have you got them? Spoon. Ooh, juicy, juicy. Um, talk us through that one. Sort of, because they've sort of starting to rely on that group of kids they took a few years ago where they had the three top ten picks. They've sort of been adding adding a bit. I think it's going to be a year where they need to suck a bit to get a bit more of that addition to be sort of good. Story of your Saturday night, continue. <laughs> your merits and your parishes have sort of probably hit their ceiling. You're not going to get much more out of those two, I don't think. So you're not going to get that lift from them the rest of their guys are probably a bit young to really give them that lift in the relevancy mm-hmm. and i just think a lot of other teams are sort of going to find enough improvement to yep. overtake them okay I, I think that's all sound logic brad scott i think has a reputation for getting the most out of a limited group mm. at least that's what that was my observation of what happened at north mm. melbourne um i think they made two prelims yeah. i could be wrong maybe it was just one uh, but I, that group, I never really thought had it to, to win a premiership and they got closer than, than anyone should yeah. with that group. So Ironically with my Essendon, even though I have them winning the spoon over North Melbourne, my range for them was 8 to 18. Mm. So they could, everything clicks, be one of those last team or two in the finals. Yeah, I mean, they made the finals only two years ago. So, yeah. or yeah, season before, uh, was it 2021? It was 2021. Yeah, three seasons yeah. ago, yeah, not last season, yeah. season before. That's right. So, w- this group has proven it, it can do it. It's just the case of whether Brad Scott can get them to quick uh, click that quickly, which I'm sceptical about. So, I don't have them as a finals contender, ge- a genuine one. Yeah. A spoon would surprise me, but huh. fair enough, fair enough. I guess at, at any... Any of the suggestions we have are as good as... Uh, I just really other. didn't like the idea of putting North Melbourne in the spoon again because I think Clarkson will elevate them just enough for them to not win a spoon and mm. they've got enough youth and enough potential to capitalise on it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, cool. I'll take you through my teams to fall. I think Hawthorne, I think we may see some really good footy from them at times because it's a talented group and uh, I'd imagine Sam Mitchell's going to get them playing a really interesting and exciting brand of footy but I don't think it will be consistent enough I don't think there's enough of a um, a, a core of established mature enough players to really weather the storm throughout a whole season of 23 games this year 
Newcomb and Warple are now the two senior mids, I think, off the top of my head. They might be missing yeah, someone there, much. but it's there's no, it's pretty bare after that. And yes, those guys are talented, but um, as are the ones underneath, like Will Day is probably going to play as a midfielder this year. Uh, they've got McKenzie. Cooper Stevens. McKenzie's coming. Great talent, great talent. But can this side do it for 23 rounds? I don't think so. I think they are going to win this spoon. I was bullish on them, but I do agree it will be a roller coaster of a year. There'll mm. be highs, there'll be dizzying highs and mm. mellowing lows. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be definitely a roller coaster. But I'm a bit mm. more bullish. They'll probably just like beat Brisbane one week. Yeah, it'll and be then, something weird. Yeah. And then yeah, so I'm, I'm not. Super locked into them winning the spoon, but I think the logic is really strong for yeah. it. So that's why it's my prediction. Um, teams before, you're not going to like this bush. I have Fremantle outside of my eight. Mm, it's, I wouldn't be too pissed off. I, I think they make it, but mm. I'd think probably similar, if not lower ladder position than we made it last year. My only logic is uh, not because I see Fremantle regressing. I don't actually think that will happen. I just think it is a tight squeeze for the eight yeah, this year. definitely So tight. we'll go through our ladders properly, but... I think Freeman will get squeezed out, and I think losing the players that they did, I don't know if enough came in to offset that for the for the uh, perspective of 2023. And I just think they'll just be unlucky and miss out. But I do think 2024 they'll be back in because mm. it was almost like they were a little bit surprisingly good, surprisingly fast. And then maybe this year they just stagnate, get found out a little bit, have to rejig, reset a little bit strategically because other, other teams will be looking at them this year. It's not really that I... And steadfast in my belief that they'll go out. It's just when I compiled my top eight, I didn't have Fremantle in it. It's a weird one with us, though, because our sort of performance last year was based off our defense and midfield, mm. which was sort of like, I still think our defense is as good as it was last year, if not even better. We could yep. be the potential best defense in the comp. We almost were last year. Mm. Our midfield's got a bit of scope for improvement from like your sarongs, your oh, those absolutely. sort of guys. Yeah. Even our forward line sort of lobs a big loss, so we'll agree. Tabs is inconsistent, but I think the emergence of Fife committing full time as a mm. forward, Amos's development, Tracy being healthy and having a preseason, Sturts looked very good. He's one that yep. sort of went to the wilderness a little bit. Mm. But that I think we can sort of at least equal our forward production from last year, which wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we can sort of at least maintain that and hopefully get slight improvement in the other two areas. But even I think I had a scraping in seven or eight. Yeah, on the ladder. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good counter argument to my points and I feel less confident about my prediction. Having heard all that, you'd make a good point. But I guess because Lobb still kicked 36 yeah. goals last year, avenues to goal is a big must for mm. any side. And uh, I think a weakness got a little bit weaker and I have liked what I've seen of Fife, but I'm not not 100% sure yet, naturally. Uh, naturally. Yeah. So that was why. Had missing. Cool. So we've done a good job of dancing around the issue of our actual ladder prediction. We've just yep. talked about teams here and there um, with some uh, logic as to why we've picked them where we have. But let's actually map it out for the order, uh, for the audience and the listeners. Yep. Let's start from the bottom up, Bush. Give us All your right. bottom four. And it, it, teams we've talked about already, you don't need to go yep. into uh, at length, but we'll just give us your bottom yep. four. All right, my bottom four, 15th, I've got Gold Coast. 16th, I've got West Coast. 17th, North Melbourne. 18, Essendon. Cool. Essendon for the sort of reasons I highlighted just before. North Melbourne, I did say I think Clarkson won't tolerate them winning a spoon, but I just don't think they've got quite enough there to elevate much more until he gets a year or two's worth of work into those kids mm-hmm. and developing his system, that sort of thing. Yeah. West Coast is a tough one because, again, I sort of gave them a pretty big range. I figured best case scenario for the Eagles is they could sneak in a 7th for an 8th for all their veteran talent 
returns to like 2018, even like 2019, 20 <laughs> sort of right. form. Even tw- early 2021 yeah, yeah, that sort of would get us around the mark for finals, yeah. Yeah, they could return to that sort of form. You've got a few kids through the door now that are promising, like your Hewitts, your Jimbys, your Chesses. Those are some promising talents. Yeah. Oscar Allen's sort of back. He's had an unhealthy couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think there is upside in the Eagles team, but unfortunately I sort of felt other teams were better and had them at the 16th. Yep. The Gold Coast, I also felt harsh putting them at 15, but they sort of just seem to be a bit of that whipping boy type team, no matter how hard they sort of try and shake it and do the right thing, which they have been doing. Mm. They have been building the right way. They've been doing things right, but I just think they'll have bad luck. I think a lot still rests on, on Took Miller's shoulders, hey? Um, like, Rowland Anderson have... Uh, more Anderson of late, I think, has shown some really compelling form. Um so I think he's probably the number two man going into this year, unless I'm missing somebody obvious from that midfield. But I think it's going to be built around Raul Anderson and yeah. Miller. That, that, that is the goal. And I think Raul has shown some really good form and then, you know, had some bad luck. But I think it's still a little bit early. So I do think that is a vulnerability for them. But we also factor in Ben King comes back into the yep. side. And yes, he's coming off an ACL. But suddenly I think Lukosius, King and Scholl as a forward three actually packs a bit of a punch. Yeah. So they lose a bit in Rankin, who kicked 30-odd yeah. goals as well. But uh, and and key back is probably still a bit of a, a chasm in that side. Mm. But uh, even Sam Flanders is a bit of a half forward. Mm. He had thirty touches yeah. on Saturday, yeah. which was yesterday, uh, as we record this. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think he could be a bit of a breakout player. That that, that would be yeah. great for. He was them. very talented at the time of the draft, I recall. Mm. Yep, interesting. Uh, just on the Eagles point, uh, so I, I naturally have him a little bit higher than you did. However. Yeah. The range of top seven, I can't see it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's... I can't it's a lot even, of things going right. Yeah, I, I get the logic for it because the best 22 is strong enough, but oh, I just watched this get rolled by Adelaide, so I don't I don't know. I, I can't take it too seriously. Well, I'm I don't saying think, the fact I gave you that possibility but actually put you to 16 sort of point. shows how likely yeah. that <laughs> possibility is. You really hedged your bets there. A little um, bit. It's so hard to pick like that group of like six to 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just sorry, just quick fire, just give us your bottom four again. My bottom four was Gold Coast, West Coast, North Melbourne, Essendon. Okay. Uh, sweet. And that was Essendon last. Yep. Interesting. So uh, I gave Hawthorne my spoon yep. uh, for the reasons we just went through. Uh, North Melbourne took 17th for me. I yep. think the same logic as you. They would have to improve. Uh, they would have to improve. <laughs> it's simply <laughs> not possible to get worse. Uh, they were diabolical last year. And Clarkson, I think, will immediately see an improvement I think just mm. ba- on the base that it's Clark- Clarkson and you won't accept yeah. terrible standards again I think I think they will improve but um, they if they improve by three wins that's still five wins yeah. which could still win them the spoon so mm. uh, we're asking for a lot of growth there from North Melbourne but it could happen I had GWS in 16th uh, again like I said to you from the form yeah. we sh- saw from them I am a little bit uncomfortable with it but again it's pre-season I think there's plenty of potential for them to finish higher than that but uh, that is ultimately where I had them. And I did have Essendon um, in my bottom four as well. And I, th- I think there's a big range on Essendon. Yeah. I don't think they're you know, a genuine finals contender, but I do feel like bottom four is a bit harsh. But it, mm. until they prove otherwise, it's hard to back them in. Yeah. It's hard to have confidence with Essendon, isn't it? I had G-Dubs just outside of my bottom four for the record as well. Cool. Yeah. Take us through your next six. The, so, uh, sorry, is it the next six? Yes, the next six that will uh, all miss out on finals. So my nine to 14. Yes. Okay, and ninth... As the just missing out, I had St. Kilda. Mm-hmm. 
I think it'll probably take a bit more time for Ross to really get what he wants happening there, but he'll build a good floor and they'll just have a disappointing just miss finals. That's still improvement yeah. from last year, though. Yeah. The Bulldogs at 10th, I had, I think they might even be too tall as in, a, in the forward line now. They won't be able to lock it in their forward line. Smaller, faster teams will be able to run it around that lumbering forward line, I think. Mm. They're, yeah. But they're a tough one. They could swing a wide range ways by sort of have them in that 10. I guess we have to wait and see what, what this selection is like. Because we saw yeah. all four play in the preseason game, but that might not be how yeah. they shape up in round one. It'd be funny if Lobs, the first one, dropped, <laughs> which he probably would be. Maybe. We have to play a bit of Ruck, to be honest. He'd have yeah, to. probably. He'd have to. Oh, he probably went there to avoid playing Ruck. Like yeah. He blames <laughs> every other team to avoid playing a bit of Ruck. <laughs> but yeah, after the Dogs at 11th, I've got the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Wow, think, that's high. And it is a bit like... So I sort of was a bit bullish. I think the ups of that roller coaster can get them some enough wins to sort of mm-hmm. keep them really out of that bottom four. But I think the it's difference between 11 and 15 is not going to be that much on the win loss. It's just going to be sometimes got a bit lucky, sometimes got a bit unlucky. Yeah. So I'm sort of giving the Hawks a bit of that luck, I guess. Mm-hmm. 12, I got Port, which is sort of probably, I had them that big four to 15 range, so it's sort of smack in the middle there. Sort of feels about right, even though mm. I think they could very well make finals. And but in twelve, sort of just missing it, depending on what the teams above look like, which I think will all be tight. Thirteen Adelaide, I think that'll be that right in the growth, yeah. same sort of region as last year. Yeah, yeah, they'll need that growth this year to be in that thirteenth sort of borderline in that group pushing for finals to sort of give them that boost the next year to get there. Mm-hmm. And then G Dubs at fourteen. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I'll take you through mine. So I had Fremantle narrowly missing as, yep. as the best side outside the finals. The um, yeah, for the reasons I already yeah, uh, yep. talked about, I don't know if they've done enough to offset. Question marks over goal-scoring power. Other teams got more capacity to improve. If, if they finish fourth, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But um, that was just how I did it. It's hard doing it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I had the Bulldogs in 10th as well, uh, simply because they were underwhelming last year, limped into the finals a little bit with Carlton losing in the final round. Um, I mean, they still made the finals, fair play. But uh, seven goal up in the elimination final, uh, lost the first final. They're a little bit toothless after, mm. you know, 2021. Uh, but they're also famously hard to pick. Yeah. Famously hard to pick. They could legitimately win the premiership, I uh, think. I legitimately think there is enough talent there to win the premiership. And they've done it before yeah. with this, uh, maybe not this exact playing group, but certainly with this coach. Um, structurally, they've improved with Jones and Lobb. And there's a bit more tall timber there, but I think Dunkley losing is a is losing Dunkley rather is a big blow. When he was their second highest goal scorer last year, yes, they've got some scoring power as well. But you take out any side's second best goal scorer, it's going to have an impact. So that and Hunter going to Melbourne and looking pretty good, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, they've they've brought in some tall timber, lost a bit of midfield strength, but um, yeah, either way, I have them pretty much just below where they were last year. Yep. Gold Coast, slight linear improvement. Um, we talked about them already a little bit, but they've got them in 11th. St Kilda in 12th. Um, interesting, they, they were 8-3 and three last year, if you remember. So yeah, I think yeah. they were in the top four and then uh, went 3-8 and eight after that point. And then I think in the second half of the year, look, average. I do think Ross Lyon will steady the ship. I just don't think it will happen this year. Yeah, yep. I think uh, any new coach needs some time. They may have some good wins in the second half of the year, but not good enough for me to have confidence in a top eight finish. I've put my boys in 13th, and this is the yep. part I was uncomfortable with because when I did this, I had West Coast higher than Adelaide. Mm. But <laughs> the preseason game dented my confidence. <laughs> uh, and it was not so much how bad we played because I think we have a tendency to go in um, to preseason games under heavy training loads. I think this is something that we do. So looking lethargic and 
falling into bad habits, it's I'll reserve my pessimism for round one. I think we're a fair way off finals, unfortunately. Um, but Adelaide in 14th is the part I'm uncomfortable with because I, I see the potential. Yeah, I think they played really, really well. And I don't think we made it hard for them, but they're looking fit and strong and skillful. And, and Fogarty's um, kick four on us, Key's kick four on us. They had a day out, to be fair. But I, I, I watched that team and I was like, ugh, I feel like I've underrated <laughs> them. So... We'll see on that one. Adelaide probably... Still, I only had them 13, so that's one ladder yeah. position difference we had them, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was at my sides to miss the finals, just. Uh, how many of how many teams do you think are a finals contender, a ge- like a genuine finals contender? Because uh, yeah. we haven't talked about the top eight yet, but they're implied top eight contenders. How far down do you think it goes? Uh, name them. 17. I think there's 17 teams if things go if the things line up right Jesus. they have the everything goes right they could make finals. All right, name them. Okay, well outside of the eight. Uh, including teams we've already gone through in my yeah, letter. Yeah, just just name them. All right, Essendon. I sort of had if everything goes right they could get eighth. Saints. I said if everything goes right they could finish top four. Oof. Bulldogs. Everything goes right they could finish fourth, top four. Hawks. Generous. I was probably a little generous saying they could finish sixth. But maybe maybe Hawks are sort of probably borderline. Mm. Uh, realistically, they don't. Port, I had top four ceiling. Adelaide, I, f- I had could sneak in in the bottom two final spots if everything goes right for them and they turn Adelaide Oval into a fortress. Mm-hmm. Gold Coast, I had sneaking in at like seventh if everything goes right. Yeah, best case scenario. Yeah, mean, best not, case, not yeah. in your actual prediction. Yep. Yeah. GWS, best case scenario with all that talent. Fifth, I sort of thought. Mm. Yeah. West Coast, best case scenario, I thought, with all that talent. Seventh. Mm. Dockers, I kind of had fourth to eighth. They could probably be a little lower even, as we've alluded to. Yeah. Richmond, four to 12. So. Oh, yeah, we'll save your top eight because that, that's implied yeah. that you think they're a contender. But, yeah, you named all those yeah. teams that you think could make the finals. I was a little bit more black and white with it. I'm going to categorically rule out Hawthorne. Hmm. I'm going to rule out North Melbourne. Yep. I'm not going to rule out GWS, who I have third yeah. last, for the reasons that you... Um, articulated I think there is some scope for them to finish high it's just that I don't have confidence yep. uh, Essendon I won't rule out but I think they're highly unlikely Adelaide I think are a red hot chance Yep. Um, I just have a good feeling about them which means nothing West Coast I'm probably going to rule out too and mm. St Kilda St Kilda's probably one of the first sides there that uh, so Adelaide St Kilda they could make it I don't expect it Gold Coast could slip in and the Bulldogs and Fremantle are a red hot yep. chance in fact if anything I'm harsh not having them in the 8 so um, I think I've got like 12 to 13 candidates there yeah. not 17 <laughs> <laughs> but realistically about 5 of that 17 I know aren't going to do jack yeah. all if they did scrape in but yeah. yeah I suppose it is just a reflection of the nature of our league like yeah. someone from the bottom 4 often shoots into the top 8 exactly Cool. All right, let's talk about your five, six, seven, eight. All right. Got? In fifth, I got Collingwood. I just figured they looked great last year. They're gonna. They've brought Tom Mitchell in. Mm-hmm. Don't know how much that helps them. It probably helps them a bit, but they're still a very good team. A lot of youth. It's going to improve as well. Mm. A bit more depth in their keys as well. Bringing in guys like McStay and Frampton gives mm. them a bit more depth, which will help mm. offset the loss of Grundy. That's going to be one thing. But they looked fine without him last year, rucking with Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. That's true. So yeah, I think they'll withstand, withhold, withstand, keep themselves within that finals range. About cool. fifth, yep. Sixth, Richmond. I think that extra midfield boost is going to give them enough to get back in and mm. really make that noise. Freo at seventh. I sort of figured we 
stagnate, keep about the same. If we can turn Optus into enough of a fortress to get some good home wins, we get in. Yep, fair If enough. we can't turn Optus into a fortress, we probably just miss out. Mm. And then Carlton getting in at eight. Cool. I like it. Nice one. Uh, I had Sydney as fifth. Yep. Uh, again, it's just a, t- a squeeze for the top four, and yeah. they're the team I could make the most arguments for missing out, sort of. I, I'll talk about the other team in a minute. Uh, but yeah, Sydney. I guess you know they just got belted. They expect they improved so much faster than we expected over the last two years. Yep. So there's some logic to to think they could stagnate a little bit. Um, but it's not something that I. Yeah. Yep. They're certainly a premiership contender, obviously. Richmond in six again as well. Again, like yeah. we talked about it already, but adding two potentially elite midfielders, uh, maybe they won't shoot up the ladder in terms of wins and losses, but they're a little bit more legitimate than before. I do think. Over the course of a season, are there veterans in a position to really take them deep and win a flag? As I say it, I think of Geelong, so maybe. But I am not confident that they're a genuine final, a premiership contender. But I think a lock for my top eight. So I have them in sixth. The way I had it, I sort of called them a top four contender. Because the yeah. way I did it was premiership contender, top four contender, finals contender, yeah. spoon contender. Yeah. My four tiers. Yeah, that's cool. Collingwood in seventh. Uh, again, this is probably a little bit harsh, but... I just that's just where I had them. Um, you know, a lot of close wins last year. Only 104% suggest that in each of those games they weren't necessarily that much better than the opposition. They still did a great job in winning those games, and they deserved to finish where they were. And they were, you know, a kick off the grand final. Um, so you know, they're not taking anything away from the legitimacy of last year. I just have them maybe stagnating a little bit. It'd be very hard to replicate the amazing run they had last year. You know, so. certainly. Um, yeah, so that was Sydney, Richmond, Collingwood, and then eight spot. I couldn't leave out Port Adelaide. Yep. I just logically speaking, I think you know they started the year zero and five last year. Then they went uh, ten and seven after that, which is not an amazing run, but it, it does show that after a poor start, they got their shit together. They finished the season strong, and I think you know with that small forward dynamic, Horn Francis into the side, and so many players about to pop. I think, I think they they are a top four, a wild card. Not maybe not a, a contender, but. If they finish top four this year, I go, okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't say that for everyone. So those are my right. teams to narrowly miss out. Um, let's okay. run through your top four, Bush. In fourth place, I have the Sydney Swans. Mm-hmm. Sort of similar logic why you had them in fifth. I just sort of gave them a bit more luck and gave them the spot in fourth. Yep. Third place, Brizzy. Brizzy's only improved to their list. They haven't really bled talent. They've gained Dunkley. Mm-hmm. They're looking pre- Well, they lost McStay, but they can cover that. Quite comfortably, I feel. And then in second place, I have Melbourne really sort of back up amongst it. I was originally not as confident in the Grundy-Gorn combination, but I'm sort of come around on that a bit. I'm confident they'll find a way to maximise them as reason, get most output they can out of both of them. It was weird that against Richmond yesterday, they um, they had like less hitouts combined than Soldo or something like that and that. and both of them had less than uh, either way Richmond dominated the hitouts but Gorn and Gundy kicked three goals each yeah. Gorn and Gundy that's what I just said yeah <laughs> you heard it here first folks oh yeah uh, yeah I thought that was a weird dynamic Grondy that's, Grondy we'll yeah. call them Grondy as a collective yeah. Grondy or Grun yeah. Grando yeah nice I like it oh, yeah and then Jong top of the ladder yeah Loss of Selwood is a little bit of a loss, but I think they're that good and that talented. They'll cover it and mm. still put in good regular season performances. They might lose in straight sets, knowing Geelong, but yeah. they, I think they're a very good chance to finish top of the ladder. Yep, I, I like it. I'm a basic bitch too, and I had Geelong as my yeah. top team. I don't think they're going to win the flag, though. We'll talk about yeah. it soon, but um, I think 
Yeah, I don't think Selwood's like that central to mm. their fortunes yeah. last year. Um, they've got pretty good depth around the ground, into, or certainly like a variety of weapons, don't yeah. they? You have smalls and talls and um, structure and different defense. Looks, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they've also replenished it with uh, Bose Bruin, um, yeah. and the Max Holmes is playing a bit inside mid as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I think they'll cover the gaps. I, I think they'll just have a typically good Geelong season, yeah. but I don't think it will necessarily be a flag. Yeah. Melbourne, I've got in my top two again. I just think they're a side that should be yep. up there again. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. like they, the way they won 2021, I was like, this is the most entertaining flag-winning team I think I've seen in a long time. Uh, and therefore, they simply cannot not be a contender definitely not <laughs> silly logic but I just I just think they're, they're going to be up there again with their age profile yeah, yeah. Uh, Brisbane too good to leave out uh, upon much consideration uh, their 22 is really strong Dunkley comes in and I think Gunston the addition of Gunston Ooh, is probably the okay. probably the value recruit um, of the trade period because it just adds that third tall dynamic and, yeah. and Gunston's been playing in you know an up and down team and an average one lately at, at Hawthorne and still been a dangerous player and Imagine what he's going to do in a, in a side like Brisbane that's stacked. So Getting that silver service. Yeah, so Danaher, Gunston and Hitwood, that's, uh, yeah. that's a pretty good attacking three with Cameron roving to them. So, excuse me. Even Zach Bailey, he's a oh, crafty, yeah. crafty medium forward. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be a strong home and away team. I still have my doubts on them yeah. in finals, um, but we'll see. Like They, yeah. could, they could easily win. It's that play. thing I keep saying about them. I keep, it's like... I, all I kept saying about them is, yeah, they're just giving themselves that opportunity mm. to win a flag every year by building the list the right way and sort mm. of giving themselves a chance to be top four every year. Yeah. Which is the only way you're going to win a flag because you need a lot of things to go right to win a flag. Yeah, ultimately. very true. You just need to get as much of that baseline as well as possible to give you those opportunities mm. for sustained success and they've nailed that. Yep, absolutely. To their credit. They just need to... Uh to be able to flick the switch when the when the heat is on in finals and yeah, be able to win at definitely. the G. Yeah. I, I, they did beat Melbourne. Um, I haven't forgotten that, but we, I think we just saw a very flat Melbourne yeah. at the end of last year and not taking anything away from Brisbane, but it was telling that when they played Geelong in the prelim, they got yeah. blown away, whereas they were a pretty good home and away side. Um, cool. And then I, in my fourth spot, I've got Carlton as my yeah. surprise packet. Yeah. I, I had to have a surprise packet top four, and I think the yeah. recipe is there for Carlton to potentially mix it with the best this year. Yeah, definitely. I think they've got an elite mix of talent across yeah. the field. Walsh missing the first few is going to hurt a little, but they've got the yeah, depth to live 100%. with it. 100%. I think he's out till round four or something yeah. like that, or first four weeks uh, out. So I could be wrong on that. So, yeah. That was my one reason I didn't have them high was Walsh out those first few weeks. Mm. If they had him the full season, I probably would have had him like a six mm. instead of eight sort of thing. I yeah, it depends if they drop games in that yeah. first month. Because I think he'll come in and even under Dunn would perform well, personally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think they're a powerhouse waiting to happen. It might not be this year, but I've got them Definitely. Before. Cool. All right. Before we wrap up the pod, Bush, let's go through some awards. So give us your grand final and result. Ooh, grandy. That's tough. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Melbourne-Richmond. Really? I reckon it'll be... Wow. Didn't you have Richmond seventh? Sixth. Sixth, sorry, yeah. Uh, six, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think they get in, everything goes right. And where did you have Melbourne? Second? Second, yeah. Yeah, so was it, we had the same top two. Wow. Top three, we had the same top three because mm. I had Brizzy third as well. Yeah, there you yeah, go. those two. Normie and that's probably going to be a Petraka, Clayton Oliver type. So D's in the, win the flag. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I like it. That would be yeah. a typically Richmond thing to do to make the yeah. grand final from sixth. Um, even though they've never done that, I still think that's <laughs> such a Richmond thing to do, just lift in finals. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I have Melbourne winning the premiership as well, but yep. I've got them beating Carlton. Okay. Not because Carlton are the second best side. I just feel like in the on a big 
Saturday night prelim, they'll upset Geelong yeah. or something silly yeah, will happen. Yeah. We'll see something wild, and I think Carlton will make the grand final, but ultimately lose. Yeah. Uh, Brownlow medalist. Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, I think well, maybe Cripps again. Back to back. Maybe. Have we ever seen that? I think Walsh missing those first two gives him more chance to rack up a couple of threes early and then sort of think, oh, I can mm. get this again. And I suppose. Maybe go for it a bit more. Yeah. When the team game needs him to, but... Yeah. yeah. Another smoky. Oh, it's tough because all the Melbourne boys steal each other's votes. Mm. True. Dan- Danger will have a few games off as he gets older each year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think he'd be a major contender. Maybe someone surprising like Taranto. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Taranto could win the That'd be fascinating um, if he did that. I had Clayton Oliver yeah. uh, just because it's for the legacy. It's like Patrick Cripps yeah. winning it last year. It's like he's got to win one eventually. Yeah, and I think Clayton yeah. Oliver. Bontempelli's in the same boat, so it could be yeah. him as well. In fact, the more I think about it, Bont I want to change it to Bont. That's Rory Lobb's prediction. Is it? Yeah. Well, you make a compelling case earlier. You've talked me into it this podcast because they got some tall timber now. Maybe he just plays midfield. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Um, and... According to Rory Lobby, he's gone up a level this preseason, but that's one of the cliches if you're playing preseason bingo. As soon yeah. as they say that, it's an easy cross off your board. Yeah. I'm changing my prediction on the fly. I'm going to say Bont wins it, actually. I like it. Yeah. Rising star, Ashcroft for me. What about you? Ooh, I, I'm going to go a bit of a curveball one and say Sheasel. I'm glad you said Sheasel because I wanted to say him, but I just yeah. think Ashcroft would be too productive. Yeah. But Sheasel like, yeah. could easily be the best player from that draft, like yeah. long term. He's a gun, yeah. absolute gun, and uh, kick the bag of three in the first week of the preseason. Yeah. Give us your Coleman before we finish up. Ooh, well, I half said it. Nah, not five. No, no, no. That was just the bet on him for one hundred and fifty-one. <laughs> but in a serious Coleman, I'd probably. I'm gonna go Tom Lynch from Richmond. Yeah, nice. So Richmond, like uh, taking all the individual rewards, yeah. awards rather. Yeah, Taranto yeah. and and Lynch, but they finish six, but yeah. make the grand final. It's all over yeah. the place, but because there's not enough people to steal goals or votes off them, I don't feel like. Whereas some of those other contending teams where you get enough wins to get the votes, there's a bit of vote it. pinching going on. I don't mind it. I do think Prestia is probably still their best midfielder, mm-hmm. personal opinion. But Taranto, yeah. I think, has the scope to be that best yeah. player. This and he'll year. he'll do the dusty kick a couple of goals while he's been yeah. a good midfielder. Thing. True. My uh, common medalist, Jeremy Cameron. Uh, my logic for that being, you know, he's too good not to, to win a second one, to be honest. I think he's, a, he's an absolute jet. Geelong will be uh, the best home and away side, is my prediction. Yeah. And uh, Kerno and Mackay might steal some off each other. And I know that Kerno won it last year. I'm aware of that. It's just that, uh, could they do it again? On Hawkins balance, probably steals not. a feel off Jez Cameron as well. I think Tom I forgot Hawkins about Hawkins. actually kicked more than Cameron last year. I think, possibly. yeah, 100%. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about that fact, but I forgot about Hawkins. Regardless, you can't sway me from this prediction. Yeah. Don't make it two predictions that you sway <laughs> me on. I'll say Jeremy Cameron. He yeah. still kicked like 60-odd goals, yeah, goals yeah. last year. So, yeah, he's the man. And um, Yeah, I love yeah. some Jez. That's it. So, cool. That wraps up our predictions and therefore the podcast as well. Oh, baby. Yeah. So, uh, we'll finish it up there. But uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, yeah, we're going to have... Uh, uh, the content will be coming thick and fast up until I leave. And um, I have my wisdom teeth out on Wednesday, yep. which will be fun. So, well, yeah. I'm going to schedule it. This podcast might come a little bit after we've recorded it, yeah. um, just to space out the content yeah, yeah, so yeah. that they don't notice I'm gone for too long. <laughs> I should have my video I'm working on knocked up. Oh, yeah, too. true. Knocked up. Yeah, knocked it up, wow. knocked it up nicely. Is that where it's got a little baby video inside it? Yeah, it's, it's part of the fame. 
<laughs> Is that why you're wearing a diaper? It's a big fantasy thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Diapers well, add to the fantasy. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you very much for tuning into the True Footy Podcast. Uh, available both on audio platforms and Spotify, etc., and your podcast apps, and uh, and of course YouTube. Right. So uh, I'd appreciate you subscribing, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>